Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Tonight I want to talk about finding and fulfilling God's plan and purpose, and this is session two. We want to talk about a heart full of dreams. You know, I heard somebody say, and they were going through a hard time when, when this, or they had been through some hard times, and they said, yeah, well, you know how it is. They said, life is hard, and then you die. <laughs> and then years ago, I read this, a, a cynical comment that said this, life is a process of diminishing dreams. Yeah. Now, what they were saying is, as you grow older, the smaller our dreams become, People may start out and they've got a lot of hopes and they've got dreams and they've got ambitions when they're young. But listen, let me just prepare you. Here's what they're saying. They're saying life is going to turn out to be a series of disappointments. And reality turns out to be a lot less uh, fulfilling than you had then hoped for it to be. And if we're all honest, there have been times in our life that, listen, we may have been tempted to buy into that. And if you listen to the world and you listen to some, some other places, even in, in religious circles, you'll be tempted to buy into that. And, but I want to say this. This can be true only if we live for self. You need to think about that a minute? Think about it with me. Those things can be true if all you live for is yourself. Because there are two results if our dreams focus only on our self-fulfillment. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about having a heart full of dreams. You know, I am believing around here that eventually we're going to have places to take care of people from literally from the cradle to the grave. And everything in between. Uh, would y'all believe? I got some big dreams in my heart. But there are two results if, if we only dream and focus on, if our dreams are only focused on self-fulfillment. Number one, life either denies you, you achieving those dreams or you can achieve them and when you get there, they're not as fulfilling as you thought they were and you end up being disappointed. How many of you have heard times or seen people interviewed on TV and they're billionaires or they're successful or they've reached all of this and they're still not happy? They're still not fulfilled because what happens is when they, when they reach those goals, we've achieved far, what we've achieved is far less fulfilling than we expected and we're still powerless to stop the relentless approach of eternity because eternity is set in the heart of mankind. Amen. You know that one day you're going to go into eternity. Yes. So here's my... Here's my my basis tonight for all of this. As believers, we don't have to live with the approach that life is hard and then you die. We don't live with people who have a, a mindset and a concept that life is a process of diminishing dreams. I say tonight in the name of Jesus for every believer that's in this house or listening to my voice that hears this, that is a lie. Doesn't have to be that way. And the Bible is filled with people who, who, who saw their dreams fulfilled, who had to walk through hardship, who had to walk through difficulty, who had struggles, who had setbacks, but their dreams were realized. And listen, while their dreams were being realized, they achieved great fulfillment along the way Amen. in their daily lives. Abraham, 
The Bible says that in, 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 in chapter 11 of Hebrews that by faith Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Isaac was his dream. He offered Isaac on that altar. Oh, i got to stand up on this one. He offered Isaac on that altar. And here, beyond the natural, believing and knowing that because he had a covenant with Almighty God, that not only would Isaac somehow be raised from the dead, but my God, his dream would be raised from the dead. I am talking about the God who can breathe life into the dreams that are laid on his altar in trust and in faith. Can I get an amen in the house? God can do more with our dreams than we can do with our dreams ourselves. Man, be able to lay Isaac on that altar and say, he had, told, he had already told his servant, we're going to the mountain and the lad and I shall return <laughs> because he knew his God. He knew what kind of God he served and he knew what he could do. Jacob worked 14 years for Rachel. Joseph, he went from the pit to Potiphar to prison and then the palace. Israel was in Egypt. They were slaves, but they were finally freed. Of course, Jesus, he comes. His dream is a family. His dream is establishing a relationship with us. Amen. He has his death, his burial, his resurrection. And guess what? Now, because he laid his life before the Father and said, not my will, but your will be done, he is seated in authority at the Father's right hand. What God does, he does well and better than we can do ourselves. Tell somebody tonight, I got a heart full of dreams. And then, of course, not only that, you see people like Peter, who was a leader. Then he was a failure, but then he was a leader again. God has a way of taking failures turning them around, resurrecting them, breathing life into them again. That's what he did for Peter. Not only that, but Paul. Paul, as you know, was a Pharisee who was hell-bent on killing. If, if, if Paul, if we had known the previous, if we had known Saul, we, we, would, have, we would have known that, that it, we'd have been on his list. He'd have come through that door tonight looking for us. Talk about ISIS. Paul would have come through that door looking for us. That's what God can do. But on the Damascus Road, everything changed. Yeah. Now, let me tell you about Paul, the young man. Everybody say a young man. <laughs> he identified himself. He said, I'm a servant. He said, Paul, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. He said, I'm called to be an apostle, and I'm separated under the gospel of, die, of God. Now, let's look at Paul from the end. Paul died with dreams of future ministry still burning in his heart. And here is the key. Everybody listen to this because let me tell you, young people, I got a revelation for you. It's deep. Are you ready? If Jesus tarries, you're going to get old one day. Hello? But old age 
had not aged Paul's spirit at all. God, I'm about to shout. (laughs) You hear what I'm telling you? I said old age had not aged his spirit at all. And here it is. Here's the secret. You want to, how many of you like to discover the fountain of youth? Well, I got it. Paul's secret, and this is what I talked about Sunday. This is what I saw by revelation. Susan gave me, she was sharing a word that God, some things God was doing in her. And I tell you, she began to share and boy, this thing just exploded on the inside of me. Paul's secret was what I term his greatest desire. And in Philippians 3.10, I believe Paul expressed his greatest desire. He said, my greatest desire is that I might know him. Stay with me tonight. I got a word for you here. When, When God created man, he breathed into his mouth, mouth to mouth. That's pretty intimate. In fact, that's very intimate. He breathed into man. He didn't do that for anybody, anything else. God breathed into man the breath of life. And man was created in the image of likeness of God, and I believe in that moment God's DNA was put in mankind as he breathed into him literally who he was. And I tell you, it was personal. You know, I want to ask, has anybody in here ever had to do DNA on, I mean, uh, uh, mouth-to-mouth on somebody? But I can promise you, if some of you guys fall out especially, and somebody says they need mouth-to-mouth, I'm saying, Mike Wilson, where are you, brother? Come up here. That's your, that's your, (laughs) that's your call. That's your, (laughs) it was personal. It was intimate. Now watch this. God breathed into Adam the breath of life. God's DNA was in him. And here's what I've discovered. All God has to do is breathe in our direction for everything to change. The Ruach, the breath of God. On any situation. But here's what God told me as Susan and I were fellowshipping over that word. He said, son, let me tell you something. Producing life, having vision and dreams requires intimacy. What I'm telling you in here on Sundays and on Wednesday night is not for shallow believers. It's so quiet in here. Y'all hearing me? Y'all listening to me? You have to give God permission to get in your face, to breathe on you, to give you mouth to mouth, to impart his very DNA and life into you, into your spirit, into your emotions, into your, listen, into your heart. 
It requires intimacy. We cannot think we're going to have a heart full of dreams if we're not saying, God, my greatest desire is to know you. And you have permission to breathe in me and on me. This only happens through intimacy. Everybody say intimacy. Intimacy. To breathe on you requires closeness. To breathe on you requires even deeper access. But now here it is. Listen to this. Oh, this is what God showed me, and I was about to shout. The place of intimacy is where dreams and visions are birthed and shared. (laughs) In fact, listen to this. There are some dreams that are only going to be shared with those that we're intimate with. You won't hear it sitting in here or sitting by somebody. You won't hear it walking around with a casual acquaintance or a casual relationship with somebody. There are some things that are only shared in deep, personal, private intimacy. Listen, the place where you get with someone that you are literally so close that you feel their heartbeat. Let me show you how God showed this to me. So again, the place of intimacy is where dreams and visions are birthed and shared. Secrets are revealed. How did Delilah get Samson to share his deepest secret. Come on, folks. Y'all are, y'all are scared of it. We know, we're adults in here. We know what happened. Sammy boy. You are, oh, Sammy, you do it for me like nobody else does. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Sammy, come with me. I have something for you. And while Sammy's in this place of closeness, of intimacy, something happens and he begins to open his heart to someone that he would not normally open his heart to. And he begins to share things with someone that he would not normally share with him. Why? Because intimacy is producing life. It is drawing out. It is not just giving out. It is drawing out. And it is is pulling things out that are deep within our hearts that sometimes we don't share with anybody else. Well, let's think about this for just a moment, even further. We have generals in this country that are in trouble because of national secrets that they revealed that affected our security as a nation that were revealed because of one thing. They got intimate with somebody. The place of intimacy is where dreams and visions are birthed and shared. Secrets are revealed. National secrets, government secrets, all kind of things 
have been found out. What is my point? <laughs> I know one person will get this if nobody else does. The things of God are not hidden from us. They are hidden for us. My God. I, listen, I thought I was going to come unglued when I began to see this and realize Paul had the greatest revelation of anybody we've ever known. There is nobody else that had the understanding and the revelation that Paul had. There is nobody that lived his life with the energy that Paul had. Paul knew this because he said, my greatest desire is that I might know him, that I might know him, that I might know him. And as Paul knew him, revelation was birthed in him. As God said, son, come here. You and I are close. Oh, we're close. Now let me share some secrets with you. Secrets that not everybody gets to hear. Dreams are birthed. Visions are formulated. Life is exchanged. My God. I'm about to shout in the house. Whoo. That I might know him, Paul said. Because the things of God are not hidden from us. They're hidden for us. However, they are not revealed in casual Christianity. I told you I was going to challenge you this year. God, Hey, if God challenges me, I'm challenging you. They are revealed, listen, in the secret places. How many of you would like to know yourself better than you've ever known yourself? Get to know him. And you'll discover things about yourself you never knew existed. These things are revealed when we are able to say to God, and I want everybody tonight who would be willing to make a new commitment to a deeper level of intimacy with God so that dreams can be fulfilled and sustained throughout your life. I want you to say with me tonight, Lord. Lord. Now I want you to mean it. Don't say it if you don't mean it. Everybody say, Lord. Lord. Access granted. granted. Every part of me. me. Access granted. granted. You'll never be sorry about that. I promise you that. In fact, our, our prayer tonight is, Lord, stir my heart with your dreams and plans for me. In fact, let's say it. Lord, stir my heart with your dreams and your plans and your vision for me. Mm. Because, listen, and here's what you'll, dis- you'll, you'll find, and here's what I've discovered. Some of your times of greatest temptation to quit or the times when God is drawing you into deeper fellowship with him because the enemy knows that if you get that place, my goodness, he is in some serious trouble because anybody that's got a heart dreams and a vision from God is a danger to the kingdom of darkness and he'll try to do everything he can to sabotage it, discourage you, uh, beat you up, do everything he can to try to get you to quit. But in Jesus' name, you are not a quitter tonight. Somebody say amen. amen. So I'm saying this, deep is calling unto deep. When the enemy tries to sabotage it, the possibilities of being fulfilled and achieving are in us because of our DNA. You are created in the image of Almighty God. 
and you'll never find lasting fulfillment, joy, vision, energy, those things that you need to sustain life apart from him. We are created for a relationship with God and everything he does, he does with this motivation in mind. I want to have a relationship with them that is personal and it is beautiful and it is special and they know that I want them to know they're special. I want them to know they're sanctified and set apart. I want them to know I have good things for them. I want them to know that I have something in their future that is revolutionary and will be the most fulfilling thing they've ever experienced. Can I get an amen in this house? Glory be to God. And so I'm telling you this, the key to the fountain of youth, the key to keeping a heart full of dreams that does not diminish and does not go away is knowing him. It is intimacy with God. A personal, intimate fellowship and relationship with God. There is nothing more important than that. And here's what I've discovered. Because Paul knew this, to the very end of his life, he writes like a young man. (laughs) Glory to God. He is still full of zeal, and he is still full of interest in life. He is full of big plans, and he is full of big dreams for the future. How many of you are full of drink? Come on, I'm going to stir y'all up. Some of y'all look like my Lord, y'all are about to fall out of the chair and go to sleep. You don't hear what I'm saying tonight. Bless God, I'm telling you, God's got something for you. Yes, he does. He's full of zeal and he's full of interest in life, full of big plans and dreams for his future. And here's the key nothing is dying inside of Paul, it's getting stronger. I'm making this announcement right now. I'm more full of vision than I've ever been. I'm more full of dreams than I've ever been. I'm more full of anointing than I've ever been. I'm more sure of who God is than I've ever been. I'm more excited about the future than I've ever been. I'm more full of faith than I've ever been. I am ready to run through a troop and leap over a wall because I am in love with him and I found out he is in love with me and nothing is going to take away from that. Nothing, 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 nothing. Glory be to God. I want to know him and I want this church to know him. Glory be to God. But you know, as Paul is, nothing is dying inside of Paul. It's just getting stronger. He is having to cope with uh, with declining energy and the effects from years of physical abuse. You can read this in 2 Corinthians 11. I'm not going to take time to read it tonight, but Paul details it. He had been beaten, stoned. I mean, you name it, shipwrecked. He had gone without food. He had led a tough life. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 4.16. He says, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. (laughs) Woo! Glory be to God. So here's what I'm saying. Yes, aging is a physical process that can't be halted. But old is an attitude. I got to get some energy flowing in this house tonight. We might be aging, but I got news for you. We're not getting old in this house. Somebody say, come on with it. Listen to Psalm 92, 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. 
they shall be fat and flourishing. Now that, that word for fat there means, <laughs> some of y'all thinking you done, you done found you a scripture to head to the buffet, bless God. Woo! Hallelujah! Yeah, bring it on, baby. Yeast rolls, butter, baked potatoes. Glory be to God. That means, that's talking about strong. You be strong and flourishing. <laughs> Listen to this, and even to your old age, I am he. Even to your gray hair, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and I will deliver. He says, I have made, I'm going to carry, I'll bear, and I will deliver. Glory be to God. So, listen, I got to to begin to close this up. There are two paths. You know, we can live for self, we can live for comfort. But here's what I think about that. Great things rarely come out of comfort zones. I'm just going to tell you, some of you, you driving 45 minutes an hour to get here, God says it's worth it. You come on. God's taking you out of your comfort zone. Some of y'all driving all the way down, all the way up from uh, another county in Mississippi, and some of y'all are coming from across the eastern shore, and you're driving. Listen, it is worth it. Get out of your comfort zone and let God do some stuff in your life and watch what God can do. Glory be to God. You working all day and coming out on Wednesday night. Or we can live for the gospel of God, the good news. But uh, let me just close with this. Because i got to touch on this. This is, this is not just spiritual, it's practical. When it comes to your purpose and passion, the reason you need to keep them alive and the reason you need to allow God to cause them to flourish in your life is... Because, number one, when you have dreams and purpose, it empowers us to be able to say no to temptation. I don't let the devil sidetrack me because what I'm doing is too important. And this is especially important for young people. It's important for everybody, but for young people. If you've got dreams and visions that you really believe are birthed in your heart, it'll keep you on 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 the right path. But number two, it also is, it, it's, it lifts a major cause of depression. Right. A lot of people are depressed, listen, by a sense of failure, the shame of what other people think about them. And listen, here's something a lot of people, well, you know, boy, my brother the doctor or my sister the lawyer or my so-and-so this or they, they got all this money and they got all this wealth and they did this and I did that and I haven't achieved what other family members have. And God is saying, you know what? When you've got dreams and you've got things that are going on in your life, God is saying no matter where you are in life, if you'll just give me what you've got left, watch what I can do with it. Not only that, here's number three, and this is, everybody say, I love you, Brother Scotty. I got to deal with this, okay? Because it's part of it. It re-energizes our physical disciplines. Thank you. Thank you, brother. I need it. I'm going to need it. I might need you to come up here and stand by me. Listen, it becomes, listen, it becomes a renewed focus to accomplish as much as you can while you can. So, which that, what that means is this. You re-engage in exercise. 
I thought it'd probably be about like that. I guess I, my faith was, was exactly right. I'm not telling you what you do. I'm just telling you, you need to be doing something. If it, thumb exercises don't count. If you can't, if you, listen, walk. If you can't walk, listen, I had to change my life. I've been, I've been a runner most, well, for a long time. I'm talking high miles, 50, 60, 70 miles a week sometimes. Well, I wish somebody would, or I should have listened to my wife a little bit better. She said, you need to do low impact stuff because I had to make some changes. But I'm going to tell you something. I may not can do what I, what I used to do as far as 50, 60, 70 miles a week out on the pavement. But you know what? I can do something else. I can get on the elliptical. I can sit on the bicycle. I can do resistance training. Oh, I'm telling you, some of y'all looking at me like, Brother Scott, if I'd known you was going to get into this, I'd have stayed home. I'm giving you something that's good for you. You re-energize and exercise in vitamins, in sleep patterns. Did you know God made your body to sleep and have rest? Not only this, but listen, a Sabbath. That's why I'm not going to have, you know, you know, 17 meetings a week where you are so wore out that you can't get anything done and you're already trying to burn a candle at both ends. You got to have a Sabbath. Now, where your Sabbath is, a Sabbath is not, only, not, not necessarily just laying on the couch. A Sabbath is doing something different that is refreshing to you, spirit, soul, and body. Did you hear that? Whatever that might be that you enjoy, a Sabbath. And just, oh, here we go. Now, I am going to throw myself under the bus. Susan and I were laughing about this, and when he said, every now and then we get caught up in doing random acts of health. I'm going to eat healthy this morning. Man, I'm eat that good food. I'm going to eat healthy this morning, and then I'll make up for what I do. You know, make up for that French fries and them three cheeseburgers. And Folks, what I'm saying is this. You'll have to find your pattern. You'll have to find your plan. But we need to have one to take care of ourselves, and not think we can come become couch potatoes, that eat every horrible kind of food that we want 24-7 all the time and it not take a physical toll on us. You're foolish if you think that. You're foolish if you think that. Thank you for that. I got something on. So what I'm saying is change your life. Be willing to change your life some. Now, the best you can do, we still have to believe God for supernatural you know, it can't protect you from everything, but I'm telling you, it'll make a huge difference. So I'm asking you to join me, join us, and let's make some changes. And each day becomes a gift from God, which can be filled with God's leading, enjoying even the small things. But not only that, having, having a heart full of dreams removes the fear of death because you don't fear it anymore. Because, listen, here's the thing. You're not anxious to go there. As long as you can still enjoy living and touch somebody else's life, it gives you something to live for. Somebody say amen. amen. 
How many of you tonight are say, would say with me, I got some things, some dreams in my heart, a heart full of dreams and visions that have not happened yet? then bless God, we got something to keep living for. We got something to keep going for and something to keep stirred in our life. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.